about to be a completely unreliable asshole. Bonjour, Tim. <laughs> hey, Ryan. And buongiorno, everyone. Welcome to episode 56 of Dismembering Horror. Jeez. Here we are. Uh, Dismembering Horror. It's the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie. Myself, Tim Aslan. We dismember a horror film every week. We talk about what worked for us what did not work for us, and anything we found interesting or noteworthy about a horror film we watched. Isn't that right, Tim? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we're doing it in the spirit of, it's always fun to get together with the buddy, watch a horror film, and then pick it apart. Because there's something particular and special about horror films, the genre of horror, where where despite how good or bad it may be, there's always something fascinating going on in it because it's exploring the depths in its own f special way. <laughs> Man, what an intro. <laughs> Anything to add? Uh, yeah, I have one thing to add. Just stop putting monkeys in movies. What do you mean? <laughs> Those are the best movies. This is, this is really where we, our paths diverge, you and me. I mean, we're going to get into it, but I this, know. I mean, the chimpanzee in this movie really, really <laughs> sealed the deal for me. I bet it did. <laughs> you seemed tickled. Haven't you seen Shockma? That one's really good. No. That's like about one of those red-butted baboons in a lab. <laughs> no. Going crazy. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> is just, it because of- a I just can't get on board. Is it from like an animal abuse side you don't like it? <laughs> no. No. I just think that the second you introduce a primate, it like the movie just, it, it, it falls apart for me. What? Yeah. But it, it like the second you introduce a primate, it like goes to a whole nother level. It becomes exactly. entirely more engrossing. No, the scenes with ugh. the opposite. Why? For me. How? Because I just think it's cheesy and dumb. What? Well, how? Because it's a trained animal. I don't know. It just feels dumb. But it's incredible, like to capture them on film, right? <laughs> Is it? Like, like any in animal. the wild, maybe. <laughs> have you seen roar the movie with all those that took them like 10 years to make with tippy hedron where they used all those real life lions oh, and tigers the one where that her daughter got attacked like all during? these all these crew guys got yeah maimed yeah i have not seen i've That's heard of it semi in the wild where they're just <laughs> definitely oh, in the I, I don't but it's like animals they're so cool like let's 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 put them in things and document I mean, I them. I think it's the it's this sort of semi-anthropomorphizing of it that I've I'm just like this is cheesy and stupid. But it's not it's not I like I know it's not it's exactly not a chimpanzee right, but, playing a human. It's a chimpanzee playing a chimpanzee. But I feel like that's what people are getting at. Like they're they're tree I don't know, it just it feels but like it you, feels hokey and and you do have like on the nose and but weird. But those relationships like in this movie are real like between are they? chimpanzees and humans yeah where you have a helper monkey i feel like you know what it actually is it it feels exploitative to me okay so then it that's is. actually what it is but that, now that now that, like you're just the what you're describing then makes me go yeah but it's 
it's like, does it know it's being filmed? I mean, that's a big moral question. Like, yeah. and it's a, like, does in, it in know films it's an animal use in an it. actor? Did it get paid? Right. But it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Like who are, yeah, we aren't ones to decide. I don't know. Like Homeward Bound. Is that just a movie that never should have been made? <laughs> <laughs> Homeward Bound or The Amazing Journey? We, was that the second one? I think they're the same movie, but one's the remake of the first one. Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. The Incredible Journey. Is just the full name of the first one. But that is that, are you remembering the one from like the, the early 80s or the one from like the 90s that the had 90s. Michael J. Fox? Yeah. Yeah, that's like a remake. Really? Yeah. But the, the original, it's not the same name. I forget what it's called. But it's about animals trying to get it's back It's the home. same thing. Whatever, yeah. whatever movie it is, do you That's think f- those movies shouldn't exist? Because they're exploitive? I don't know. I'm always asking I myself think dogs this. Are, dogs feel different to me. Because they're just like, yeah, whatever, along well, for the ride. Because they are domesticated. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're just like, hey, yeah, oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, yeah, oh, treat. Yeah. But like primates feel different to me. This felt okay to me, but like as much as I love videos of chimpanzees, you know, dressed up in costumes playing in a band, I don't I don't think that's Oh man. That's where I don't think that's we should the be line do- for you. Yeah. I mean, as much as I love that, that is too much like the circus mentality where I don't think we should do that Maybe anymore. Maybe that's what it is. But here it was just like showing ugh, we're just you just started us off I, on the right topic, I can't help Tim. It. I can't help. It, it was just like you see this friendship on display, this camaraderie between chimpanzee and Donald Pleasance. It was beautiful. <laughs> like that wasn't faked, you know? They cared for each other. I mean, it's by definition faked. But I know what you mean. With the in, insular to the chimpanzee, it's well, not faked. But chimpanzees are, their animal actors can be the best actors because like what actors are trying to do is go beyond the facade of acting and say, oh, that's when we say, oh, they had a real good chemistry. You know, you you tap into something genuine, which when it's, you know, an animal working with a human that can just be there uh, more instantaneously or inherently. Like it was incredible. Like when ugh, when Donald Pleasance, you know, got off and the chimpanzee really cared about him and was going up to him. It was beautiful. <laughs> that feels exploitative to me. Because he didn't actually die, but the chimp thought he did. I mean, yeah, that was messed up if the chimp thought he did. But then I'm sure he's like, oh, hello, Coco, I'm okay. (laughs) And he goes, oh, yeah. You know. Maybe. Anyway. What did we watch this week? (laughs) We're talking about the film phenomena. That's That's what we were just talking about. Not to be confused with... The trailer we just watched. <laughs> Phenomenon with the Michael, uh, or what's his face? John Travolta. John Travolta. Um, great. Well, we should we should get into it. But real quick, I, I just wanted to tell you that I saw the, the director's cut of Midsommar last night. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was good. Was it? I'm trying to figure out which I like better. How, I don't how much longer was it? I think it was like a good 20, 25 minutes. <sighs> wow. It was substantial. There's like full new scenes. This is the thing. I loved all the new content, but I think maybe the theatrical cut, it almost felt like you sort of were able to follow the through lines more easily in the director's cut, which Mm. sort of almost hurt it as feeling kind of um, feeling kind of confused or out of place or 
getting into the kind of spell of it all, the theatrical cut, even though right. it was shorter, it almost made it feel gr- longer in that sort of, you know. Like what's going on? Yeah, that way. Mm. So That's I don't cool. know. But again, I really liked all the scenes. So it's hard to say I'm thinking about it. Interesting. But that's what it is. But I, I, you know, I would be happy. I would be so happy to have it on my shelf exactly as I predicted. Like yeah. I knew as soon as after I'd see it a second time, I'd want to move it from a rent it to a buy it. And uh, well, I can't, yeah. we can't go back and change things, but that's for the record. I mean, that's where I'm at with it now. We could. <laughs> no, we, I like, we do it by episode in the episode. We said rent it. That's what it will forever be. But for, now for that one person out there, eventually. Yeah. Who like is keeping track <laughs> as like a spreadsheet. Yeah. They're going to run back to it and be like, fuck. Well, no, now they'll see later. Okay. Like line through. That's something that we don't rent. keep track of, but they should is <laughs> right. We changed it from a rent it to a buy it. Cool. Great. That's all my business. Okay. Should we watch the trailer for the movie we've already been talking about? You got anything else? I have one more thing. Did we ever mention that we have been doing this for more than a year now? No. Like uh, when when we did episode fifty three, technically that's officially the start of a new year of this. Oh yeah! And now huh. we're like we're like three past that anyway. Great! But right. yeah. It would have been fifty two weeks. Yeah, yeah, fifty three. Yeah. So well, good job. Yeah, happy anniversary, Tim. <laughs> Thanks. It's what a what a year. And uh, yeah, this has been it's been uh, yeah exactly what a year for anyone who's been here with us, listening to the majority of them. Thank you. Yeah. We do it. I mean, I think it's cool because, like, how often do you can you say, yeah, I just spent the last year consistently doing a thing that I like doing? Right. I can't. Can't say that about working out or... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but or any vice. <laughs> watching and talking about horror movies. Hey, that's something I knew I could do and yep. should do. Yeah. We're going to do it anyway. Great. Well, I hope you stick with us, everyone, for another year. We're going to cross 100. It'll be fun. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's watch that trailer. All right. Phenomena. The wind, yes. The phone. Very particular wind. Typical of this part of the country. It comes from the Alps. The blasts of warm air cause snow avalanches. While it blows, there are those who say it causes madness. Have you any idea why they behave like that? Never done this before. It's probably because of me. I guess they sense the mood I'm in. See, he's not afraid of you. He won't do that for me. Ask him to lead you where the dead bodies are hidden, and he'll lead you. You know what that music sounds like to me? What? It sounds like video game, like early Nintendo or Sega video game music. Yeah? Yeah. Mm, you mean... It's just synthy and sort of 8-bitty or 16-bitty feeling to me. Got it. Well, I want to know how that contributed to your enjoyment of this film, Tim. In that, I would be very curious to know, per our 
show system and format, <laughs> how you rated this film. Oh my god. I it Sadly, there's a part of me that just wants to be like avoid it. But there's some there's some good stuff in it. Good ish. Um so it's just stream. Just stream it. Not Dario's best work. Okay. In my book. How about overall, like, in just sort of compared to Italian horror, where, where did it kind of lay for you? It felt not good. Like, it seemed, I, I just, nothing came together in it yeah. for me. It felt like pe- like a bunch of kind of interesting ideas that were really disjointed. So Yeah, I agree. This felt like exactly what you just said. But like, so remember deep Re- deep red? It felt yeah. like exactly what you just said. Disjointed ideas that didn't go anywhere. Blah blah blah. But that movie just also had me kind of just frustrated and angry at kind of just the sort of logical flow of everything or lack thereof. Yeah, this had more. This had more, even though it didn't have much. Right. It. But you know, it was lacking that. Deep Red had was these sort of really beautifully composed shots. I yeah. never felt that in this. There's one <laughs> which this is Jesus. <laughs> um yeah, he really stepped it up for his next film, Opera. Fuck yeah. Okay, I know so Maybe I this was is just a paycheck. I was thinking <laughs> stream it. But but I was also feeling more generous than I am when I was looking at it compared to the other Italian horror films were like I wasn't I wasn't nearly as just kind of bored and angry as like in this one as I was watching <laughs> from what I remember of Deep Red and some other ones I've seen so like in context of the other ones I was thinking rent it if it was just like okay and then also against the one that we just watched um, The Beyond? The Beyond yeah <laughs> like this was way more I think I liked The Beyond more yeah, they're pretty comparable. They're pretty, yeah. They're pretty comparable for me. The ending did a lot of heavy... The The ending made me... Of this one? Yeah. Of this one made me, like, want to rent it. Yeah, I can see The that. rest of the movie was stream it. But I don't know. I think as I get more distance from it... I don't know. It's like if I if I wanted to see Italian horror movie, you know, it's just watch our opera. But second to that, if I just felt like watching another one or seeing another one that wasn't so so like just, <laughs> I'm really ragging on them here, but so just made me mad <laughs> watching. I'd say rent this one. Hmm. Like I feel like it's my <laughs> up there, it's sort of the most enjoyable ones I've seen. But whatever. I okay, Ryan, uh, stream it. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go with that. Oh man! I'm not comparing it. This there isn't a rating system comparing it to other Italian horror films, but rather horror films. Hmm. All right, that's fair. Okay. Well, we both gave it stream it. So what? Yeah. What happened in it? What the heck? What the Jesus. heck? It was our takeaway from this one, Tim. Oh you got God. you got a, a a rich daughter, a celebrity's daughter. Yeah. There, well, put there's, a, there's a killer on the loose. Yes. Who's killing young women. We know that. And where are they? Switzerland. Yeah. And then she gets sent to a all-girls like sort of months, board, months later. boarding school. Yeah, I think it's eight months later or something like that, yeah, which is ours. like so random. <laughs> gets sent to a boarding why, school. Why is it eight months later? Why isn't it a year later? 
Everyone's pissy to her there for some reason. Everybody sucks. Yeah. That school sucks. It does. The fucking before she even gets to the school, the the B the B scene in the car. I was like, this with um, nah, I don't remember her name, but the lady. That's who ends up being the bad guy. I know, Frau Bruckner. There you go. Like the setup that everybody in this in her new world is a piece of shit. <laughs> like right off the bat. Yep. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'm just very eager to be mad at Frau. Um, whatever her name was. So not a lot happens. She like, okay, so she kind of just, she, she sleepwalks, sleepwalks. Yeah. And then sleepwalks her way into trouble. <laughs> and then a chimpanzee finds her and introduces her to Donald Pleasance, who right. is an insect etymologist, insectologist, whatever. And if, if somebody doesn't make the connection, that's Loomis from. Yeah. Halloween. Halloween. Um, so, and it's just coincidentally, Jennifer Connelly, whose name is Jennifer, uh, you Gen- gotta just make it easy on yeah. them actors. So, <laughs> so Jennifer has um, a sort of sixth sense with insects and animals. It seems yes, because she's a vegetarian. That's right. <laughs> or coincidentally, but it was just that she happened to get hooked up with this professor who studies insects. What a coincidence! Right. <laughs> and this professor is also kind of like um, he's a consultant for uh, criminologists. Uh, using you know where where the sort of Donald Pleasance has something to say about uh, uh how bodies decompose and right. the speed of which they do, and he can look at flies and the larvae, and yeah, maggots, and, and know how old like they are. down to the day what type they are, yeah. Uh, when a when a the, the decomposed head right. of a body uh was killed when the person was killed. Yep. Yeah, and then she very very lucky. We think she kind of gets on the hunt at a certain point by teaming up with a fly to find a dead body, but then that doesn't really go anywhere except she just gets kicked out of the house. Well, it leads her to the killer's house, right? Right, the house that uh, she got that uh, the, the the cold open, right? Yeah. What happens right after that? The realtor says you can't be in here and she leaves. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, they never go back there. She doesn't get any clues. What the hell? Yeah, it's it's a different house from the end. That's the killer's I end. I know. There was some very strange, like, I don't know. There's some shit in this movie that just made no sense to me. <laughs> what else? I mean, um, as far as the summary. It, okay, so then it turns out that very conveniently the woman frau buchenwald or whatever her name is Bruchner. there you go that sh- she has a son who's deformed and but why does she i don't even get it why does she kidnap jennifer i don't know so jennifer is on her way she's finally she's trying to, to make get her out escape. of there she's like telling her dad like send our 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 helper or our person, whatever, some guy who helps out their family, their lawyer <laughs> yeah. or something yeah. like to come save me. How lame. He's on his way, but has told uh, the this this headmaster mistress. It no, is her, her father's lawyer, Morris Shapiro. <laughs> right. That, oh, man. So Frau Bookners is just supposed to watch her for the night until she can leave in the morning. And then in that when that happens, Frau Bruckner is like insisting on 
she, she she's like saying take these pills and basically turns out to be the killer and then we're finally in our ending and jennifer lives that's it but is so this is what i don't understand two things is is brookner the killer or is her son the killer brookner that's what i assumed Because right. then the son is, you know, the deformed son is the one who has that, like, s- the spear sort of right. thing in the end. But he's, like, locked up, locked up, it feels like. It does. Like, he's in the kind of dungeony mm-hmm. rooms, but his door is open. <laughs> and he's, it's like he's been scolded. He's been put in time out. Yeah. Man, there's some weird shit in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's but got that, the Argento weirdness yeah. factor for sure. There, yeah. Let's just, let's just dive in. I guess that's sort that's the summary, that's, right? Well, the God, summary is was... supposed to be what Tim and I got out of it. <laughs> well, what I got out of it was confusion. <laughs> yep, a lot of confusion. So uh, par for the course. <laughs> let's explore that. Okay, first section. What worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? <laughs> <laughs> it worked like a charm, Smith. <laughs> I mean that that weirdness though, I I like like it, you know? I, I do too as a vibe. Like, yeah, exactly. That vibe. I get again, like I'll say this with every Italian horror movie. I get why people like it, because it, it comes down to the vibe. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it. I enjoy it when it's when there's something that's entertaining going on at the time. Do you think these movies are are made for people who are like smoking weed? Like, I mean, is it made with that kind of in mind to like? I don't think they're made with that in mind. I think there's just some deeply embedded like Italian sensibilities where they sort of care more about certain aspects than others, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I, I just think to myself, like, that might be fun to watch. No, I remember stoned. in my my, my oh, smoking no. days watching horror movies that they, these were even hard. They made they it even worse. harder to get through. <laughs> oh, no. Because you're just like, what? It's Because it's harder to follow. Like, whatever there is, you feel like oh, you're missing yeah, something when it's not just the weed. Yeah, you don't, yeah. It doesn't make sense outside <laughs> of that. Maybe they're for people who are on Adderall. Like, take some Adderall and watch one of these. They're just for, I don't know, people who love, again, that vibe, quote yeah. unquote, so much. Um. All right. So, let's see. So, that that that, that work. I do like. The, as well, you noticed, the, one of the first things from the trailer, the music, I like... It's just such a thing. And had a lot of um, guest bands, yeah, artists dude. attached to had, it. Like fucking Iron Maiden and Motorhead in there. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and that one that one main theme was good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Can't help but want to sing along. Mm-hmm. Which we did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Tim, we got we to gotta circle back and get this out of the way. Because well, clearly I it. loved <laughs> what made this film for me was the character Inga. Mm-hmm. So I have down just like in what worked, you know, just as far as the characters and actors. Just the chimpanzee on their own. You know, Inga. Saving the day multiple times. Was a good, like, <laughs> good... Um, 
and uh, the character name was Inga. So then Inga's interactions with Donald Pleasance, just the two of them as buddies hanging out. Inga's like pushing the wheelchair around, just seeing their whole <laughs> little world like together. It was, I just loved it so much. It was so beautiful and endearing. Um, and then Donald Pleasance on his own as well. Yeah. Like he was great, you know, in every scene he had. And then also the combination Donald Pleasance and Jennifer Connolly. Like there was maybe just two scenes in there where it was just sort of like those first get to know, you know, when she's progressively going over there a couple times and they're getting to be buddy buddy. It was this great scene. These two good actors just interact and be, you know, whether they were despite the material or whatever the heck they were talking about, <laughs> just their presence talking together. And then again, then, then now the, then we also had the combination of some scenes of the chimpanzee and Jennifer Connelly, which just how great was that too? Well, I'm asking rhetorically because you clearly didn't think it was great. <laughs> I thought it was incredible. Like just, uh, it's at the ending when they're embracing and you said, how do you think they're still friends after that? <laughs> I was sort of like, Oh, probably. I mean, probably meant a lot to each other. They bonded. I yeah. I want to know, like, does Jennifer Connelly call up, you know, that chimpanzee's handler and say, hey, can we can we arrange a, a play date? I'd love to think so. I could see the chimpanzee. And they just like sit, they just sit down for coffee. I bet the chimpanzee kind of fell in love with her and I could sure. see the chimpanzee easily becoming obsessed with Jennifer Connelly <laughs> and being missing her, you know. A friendship forever. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful to see those interactions preserved on film. I just loved that so, so much. And any combination of those three, it was great. Um, that's kind of what I had as far as just actors, you know. Uh, I guess casting-wise, though, by the end, the um, the Frau Bruckner, she was a fun bad guy to hate, you know, or to be fearful of, just to watch go crazy. Yeah, I mean, if I can... It, as <laughs> like stupid and and kind of annoying as that that car scene with the bee was, like it it is fun. Oh, yeah, it's so ridiculous. She's like flipping she flips out. Flips yeah. out. Lots of bee. So so that is that <gasps> what you're supposed to do when there's a bee? You swat at yeah, it inside your car. Like what are you doing? <laughs> And then it like gets in the driver's face. And he's like, he hits the gas, like almost crashes yeah. the car. Just roll down the window and don't freak out. Everybody just fucking calm down. <laughs> yeah. It's a goddamn bee. <laughs> and they're the one wanting to send her to the mental asylum. I know. But um, I like that. Just the absurdity. Of yeah. It. So good. And I get more, more on, more on Frau later. Cause let's save the ending for yeah. the ending. Fair enough. Um, I mean, it was cool. Like her, I liked in itself, again, doesn't really it adds up plot plot wise, I guess. Even though it doesn't congeal theme wise, as far as her connection with insects and animals, yeah, like it was that paid off for some fun scenes and just ideas, you know. I think that, yeah, the individual things that are going on, or just yeah, individual story elements, I like a lot of them. Like this insect thing is cool. The sleepwalking I think is always freaky and cool. Yeah, I like uh, the insects being telepathic. Being, that idea. Yeah, exactly. The, just the setting of like an old, you know, an, a, a, a women's or whatever young woman's school, 
on the premises of uh, Rich, Richard Wagner, Wagner, yeah. Wagner. Is it Richard? Probably. I think whatever. Wagner's, you know, old giant estate with multiple buildings and all of them Which were dilapidated. Which we really didn't spend a whole lot of we time We only in. got kind of the one scene when she sleepwalks to another one of the dilapidated houses and has that right. hilarious, like, just co- almost comical, like, falling off the side of it. But getting caught. So was by that her supposed robe. to be the phenomena that made it break coincidentally in front of her? That was all a lot of crazy coincidence happening. I, I don't know what the phenomenon was. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I'm. That was lost on me. I'm not sure what part of this movie was the phenomena. I think it was her. Uh, her kinship and communication with animals fair enough but i love this this scene where she's i mean it's so weird the 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 idea of she's sleepwalking she makes her way mysteriously onto the ledge of a another building right like that's amazing how'd she get up there when the killer happens to be there and the killer happens to be there and she Watches the girl get the spear through the back of the neck and out her mouth. And doesn't remember it because she's sleepwalking. But yeah, exactly. She doesn't remember it. And I mean, let's just say this might be my favorite scene in the whole movie because it is what a fucking night she had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just to recap, she starts sleepwalking. She ends up on a roof. She sees a girl get a knife through the back of the neck out her mouth. She then falls Almost falls off of the edge of this crumbling building well, no. and her robe catches. Right. Her robe catches coincidentally. Right. The, the roof falls in front of her. At oh, that's the same right. Time. That's right. It's not that she she's stepping on it and it falls coincidentally. Roof it just falls happens in front to of her. Yeah, right. crumble in front of her on this night. Yeah. On this particular night, maybe because she walked over it before then. Nope, she no. didn't. Oh, you're right. So she she gets magically caught by her robe. <laughs> amazing thread work in that robe to hold on to her that well there's a couple dudes seem like they're shaving her checking well, up on her before that this there's like the weirdest jump cut she falls finally she gets out of she falls and is fine but then she's standing she just like you know sleepwalk standing out in front of a bush and then it's the hard cut she's in a street <laughs> right and she's like getting missed by traffic and then she gets hit by a car and these two dudes come, get out <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God, are you OK? And then they fucking kidnap her. <laughs> yeah. Start groping her. Yeah. And she's like, you know, trying to get away in this little convertible. And then she jumps out of the car. Yeah. And like rolls down a hill. And then a chimpanzee finds and then her. A chimpanzee <laughs> fucking finds her. In the middle of a forest. In Switzerland. <laughs> Yeah, what a night. This, and then she meets Donald Pleasance. <laughs> what a fucking night. <laughs> right, put that in her diary. That, you know what? That's the phenomena. <laughs> yeah. That night. The coincidence. Holy shit. She didn't even talk to fucking bugs that night. No. Yeah, it was different. Oh, man. <laughs> um i if mean the, you know what if the whole movie had just been a fucking you know dominoes of that type of thing the rest of the way i would have been super on board yeah just fucking just nut, go nuts yeah night. go with it <laughs> um 
But I did like when her kinship with insects was, you know, there and present. Like her getting led by the firefly. That I I thought that was cool. Yeah, the ways to work it in. Um, of course, the the main fly that helps her find the body. Um, and <laughs> right. then when she summons the swarm of flies at the dormitory, yeah. that was incredible. That, that makes my skin crawl. Yeah. I do not like bleh. see when we were talking about demon house, that's the amount of flies I was imagining on the window. Sure. Which oh when, when you God. say, when you say like, yeah, but that just happens. I'm like, really? Like that? Many? Not at that level. Yeah. Then that's what I was trying to distinguish. I'm like, yeah. what if it was that amount? Fuck. Though? I you would know? be, I would not want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was great when all the, Although they were all freaking out about the flies, too, because they were set up to be so cruel. The other girls and the teachers just like needlessly picking on her in the most kind of immature. Yeah. Senseless. Like it's a that is a weird scene. <laughs> they're like but they're literally buzzing around her. Yeah. Pretending that they're like a bee or fly or whatever. Oh, right. Um, and then when she was visiting Donald Pleasance, I liked those ideas presented of, oh, they, the insects, they like you. They were, you know, they change their demeanor when oh, yeah. she's there or you not. You calm them down or something like that, <laughs> yeah. he says. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, we get it, Donald Trying Pleasance. to think any other neat insect kinship animal things. I mean, of course, the chimpanzee, the, but the insects. the Well, there's a couple scenes that i i mean they basically they kind of beast master it do you remember that movie Beastmaster? Yeah, yeah where she like gets these little flashes of i am assuming is what the bugs are seeing so like one time we see she like when she gets the glove and it's got maggots all over it mm-hmm. she kind of has this flash of like vision of what the maggots saw. Oh, yeah, she gets insect POV a couple times. Yeah. And that's a cool... I, I mean, they're right before the 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 firefly, I, I it sort of dawned on me. I was like, oh, cool. Like, she's going to start seeing through these insects because of her connection, like clues that will lead her to solve who the murderer Not is. Not an Argento and I, movie. And I got excited for that. It didn't really you think, happen. You think things are going to happen? Like <laughs> clues getting set up and paid off in an Argento movie? No way, Tim. <laughs> that sounds so mean. God. Well. <laughs> Tim, the way we were, I got, sorry, side note. What was the last, one of those, one of those last movies that we watched? The Beyond. Ready or Not. Ready or Not. It was it just, it's hard doing these new films for me because like we talked about this before where like even when it's Insidious Four and we just hate on it there there still are contemporaries making these films mm. like it's just it's always feels uncomfortable and in retrospect you know because it's so easily to sort of separate like for better and worse I'm always someone who separates the art and the artist you mm-hmm. know so like in our case. It's easy just to like, we're, we aren't talking about these filmmakers. We're talking about the movie, right. you know? So, but there's something about what's an older film. It feels like it's more, it's more isolated into just being the movie itself disconnected from the filmmakers. So it's easier just to talk about it, like in a sort of critical, you know, not considering <laughs> the people's emotional attachment and just that, yeah. you know, you know how we feel when we make things too. But man, I was feeling it again, the remorse and regret with Ready or Not being a 2019 film with people trying their darndest. I feel bad because we railed on that 
<laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes it is deserved. Yeah. Oh, but then that's the other thing, though, is like, yeah, it's, I think, a good thing to be critical and and hold a higher standard for filmmaking. Definitely. But is there a way? I don't know if there's a way to do that to like not be like, you know, just focusing on the positive wouldn't be constructive enough. You have to call out what isn't working, too. But I think part of the part of where the criticism comes with a lot of these contemporary things is like, look, horror across historically, there's lots of quote unquote bad horror and and it becomes endearing and we like the badness of it a lot of the time. I think the problem with a lot of the contemporary stuff is that it's neither bad nor good. It's just middling because they're they're just sort of existing in this like, I don't know, like almost be too safe and don't really like go full force into, you know, we're just going to do crazy shit. And like, it may be bad. It may be good. We don't know. Whereas like Midsommar, you know, they're like, no, we're going to go crazy shit. And it happens to be good because the vision is whatever. It's accomplished the way the guy wanted it to. So I think most of my criticism of this contemporary stuff is just because it's fucking middling. Mm -hmm. Whereas Argento, you know, I think a lot of this shit is bad, but man, they're going for it. <laughs> yeah. so, so I think there's something to be said about the 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 – Regardless of when it happened, it's just they allowed themselves to fucking go at full force into what they wanted to do. Yeah. And so that even th even though the result may not be great, I think there's something to be said about the value of that. And it's what often I'm taking away from these older movies. And I'm like, yeah, it's shit. But like the Beyond has some cool ass stuff in it. Right. And they went for it. They're always going for it no matter what. Yeah. I mean, that guy fired that gun 30 times <laughs> right like just they're like fuck it let's just go we'll worry about it later so i think there's I, like, ready or not it feels like it it feels like they think they're going for it with its um with a kind of ending where it's oh my god there's the ghost and you know and they're all exploding whoa yeah but it it's not yeah you know Anyway. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just apologies, filmmakers. <laughs> this is just my like, have my cake and eat it too, where I right. rail on it, then feel bad and apologize. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's, it's, there's no right answer. Anyway, sorry. Phenomena. So what else? Phenomena. Um, the just remi in the trailer reminded me her her nightmare dream sequences of that hallway was super cool. I yeah, I kept wanting to see where what that connected right, again, to. Again, why what did um, it add up but to? Yeah, visually I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Um sort of angular white. Yeah. The so the the turn, if you can call it that, of Frau <laughs> Brooke. <laughs> Wait, can I, if that's the ending, can I mention anything before that or? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what else is there before that that so worked. For me, is this like the one, well, I guess th three other things I have oh, before okay. that, if that's cool. okay. The one shot that I thought was the excellent shot that reminded me of like, oh yeah, that's what was so good about opera is all the shots were like this. When she was in the house following the fly and they were approaching the closet, there was this like, super smooth tracking shot with the fly where it looked utterly real and like sharp and in focus with the fly. 
And it was just incredible. It was just one of those shots where I just went, how did they do that? Yeah, how did they do that? It was really, really neat, though. <laughs> but just felt like it had that sort of just incredible slickness of a lot of the shots in opera. It was the sort of one yeah. example of that in there. Um, uh, I, I got caught up with and enjoyed the threat of getting put in the mental asylum. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Uh, like talking about when we're talking about... <laughs> freedom and stuff earlier yeah. before the show tim that's something like why i have such a sort of fear of getting put away even if it's just prison but well, like mental yeah, asylum yeah we've talked about that thing of like being like not being believed or feeling sisters yeah the, talking the about thing that. of like credibility when somebody just is like oh no you're crazy yeah so and you can't defend that right so like yeah that scene the scene when they're like you're uh you're probably schizophrenic. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And then what she just jumped. She's like, fuck this. I'm out of here. I, yeah. And they didn't really <laughs> even have to show her escape. She just kind of. Yeah. She made it out. But somehow. that's a, that's scary. But yeah, exactly. I got caught up in that. I'm like, get out of there, Jennifer. So actually, just to sort of pull back and look at it from a broad standpoint, the, the idea of going to a totally foreign country and being put in a place where everybody is sort of against you. They're the crazy ones really too. Yeah. And then to take it even one step further where they start saying you're crazy and actually maybe you're the killer. Like that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Cause she has absolutely no allies. <laughs> no. Sophie, you know, gets, she gets offed pretty early. The roommate. Yeah. yeah. Um, Donald Pleasance, you know, he's basically the only person who's sort of her friend. So that was my other big scene that I loved. Was... But he, he's not going to help her, right? He's in a wheelchair. Like, he's right. very limited to how much he could come to her well, He's aid. a witness. He maybe can't help her, you know, physically. But Yeah. But that's what, like, so when it got to... um his big death scene. I was so into that because I was like, no, don't die. I actually kind of got caught up in their relationship and mm. rapport that, you know, it was kind of, even though I didn't want him to die, it was in the way that you wanted when watching a horror movie where right, I actually right. was into it. I liked him. And then to have the intensity of like, I like thought Inga could just save the day. The chimpanzee's like so smart, like rushes around and starts pulling down the shutters, but can't make it in in time. But like, Inga, come on, save him. And it was just so like horrifying to feel poor Inga, like watching yeah. her buddy, whatever, get killed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was my other sort of standout scene in it. I was into that. It was sad. Yeah. How about the ending? Okay. Okay. The ending. So in spite of the seeming lack of any thread of <laughs> logic, <laughs> her getting I like I love it when there's the scene of, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. And her getting given the, the, the pill. What, what is the pill supposed to be for? To make her sleep? I think so. It's a sleeping pill. Who knows? Supposedly. I don't know. She's like, fucking, take this fucking pill. Yeah. But it's like, whoa. If somebody, if somebody was like that aggressive about giving me a pill, right. I definitely would be like, no thanks. Well, that's what she says at first, but then they switch to Italian. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's right. And somehow, so we maybe she maybe she was maybe she had a really good argument. Yeah, that presumably we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like that whole thing because then it's a cat and mouse thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, is Jennifer gonna figure out you know how to? She figures out a little too late. Well, she just, probably shouldn't have right. taken the pill because from the get go, <laughs> once she's when she. Uh, is in the clutches of Frau Bruckner, who's supposed to be helping her. We just know from the get-go that she is unhinged, this woman. Yeah. Like, their interaction is so unnerving. There is absolutely is. no moment of screen time where Frau Bruckner isn't flipping out over <laughs> <Yeah>. something. <laughs> so it's like, if you didn't think she was, at minimum, just a fucking weird, like, unreliable person. Yeah. You you get it by now. Well, just casting wise was so much fun. Like to have her <laughs> yeah. as this unhinged, crazy bad guy. Yeah. Um. And the, like she has the so she finally she, she gets Jennifer in her clutches. She has the shutters, Dude. these metal shutters, closed down, trapping her in there. <laughs> that that whole house is right. It's what the fuck. We have the setup it's like out of, of a fucking spy movie. Yeah, we have the setup. <laughs> Of, um, <laughs> of don't, uh, you know, don't, I'm telling you about my son, but don't worry about him or whatever. She finds a doll that she thinks is him. <laughs> oh, yeah. The full size human. Don't, don't grab doll. him like that. He's yeah. Like, you think this is my son? This is a doll. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, why do you have this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> And then finally we escalate to where she does get in the um, the dungeness area of this house, which connects the the old asylum or whatever. That, yeah. I There's something really pleasing to me about like secret passageway or like holes that you climb through. Yeah, she's escaping and does literally that. And then you find yourself in a new world. Mm-hmm. I, that, it's, you know, it's kind of Alice in Wonderland-y. I, like I just, that construct of storytelling right. well, it has i think to do is with really like fun mystery and adventure yeah exactly. it scratches those itches and then she ends up tim like in a horror movie sense this was you know i could do i'd do fine comparatively and like the pool pit of dead bodies <laughs> so i do fine with the flies but a pool of maggots like that and no man bodies? no no way I that's was your fl- limit flipping out <laughs> it was I, Pretty gross. Give me dead bodies any day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you're in the soup of decay. Yeah, just the, it's specifically the maggots. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, I don't but like think about things. it for a second. Mm-hmm. That pool or whatever is filled with the decomposed, f- you know, f- poop. It's the, the maggots ate the flesh and then pooped it out. And that's what that You're water right. is full of. It's soup of decay. It's soup of decay. Yeah. And the maggots are all just swimming in it. That's it's love and life. The soup of Imagine decay how doesn't fucking get to me. Excited. That would have been a fun scene if she when she got in there, she's all flipping out, but then she's like seeing the like what the maggots feel and the maggots are like paradise. <laughs> That would have been fun. <laughs> How would you see that from their point of view? You just have that music I don't know, it's come like, in. Yeah, maybe, maybe just like you get a flash of one of their you hear one a, of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like sipping on a cocktail, laying on a beach. I mean, this. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Argento to throw that in there. Um, so that was horrific and uh, caused a visceral response from me. Yeah. 
but Tim, the, the son, <laughs> holy crap, Tim. That was, it's like, I loved that, that the, the appearance of the son, that was, oh my God, incredible, incredible. Yeah. How he, the, the design of how he looks, where it's like this sort of fish maggot face himself. <laughs> yes. You know? Chomping. Yeah. It was like the, the closed, like the tight mouth, yeah. those little teeth, the sort of sloth Goonies face. Yeah. Oh my God. And then just clearly uh, as no good intent too. It's kind of manic and going after Jennifer. <laughs> right but off I thought the bat. It was so, but it just kept going from there. Cause I thought like that was payoff enough to like, made me want to rent it in the moment mm. of um, her just seeing him and getting that reveal. I'm like, Oh my God, that was incredible. So cool. But then she's finally making the escape and he appears again, man, that leap off the, off the pier into the boat. Yeah. Woo. And then she gets the flies to attack him. And that I love. Oh God. That looks so cool. His face, like him, him pulling his own face apart. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. And then a third time, he's still alive <laughs> down there. Yeah. He's underwater and grabs her. I think I applauded <laughs> that part. That was so cool. Yeah. Super into that. Um, and then keeps going. I know. This ending was incredible, my, Tim. This is my... <clears throat> I'm choked up at how much I love this almost this final kill moment. Right. Like having Morris show up. By the way, did, what the fuck is Morris doing? The lawyer? Yeah, like we see we see him in the car at one point and he like has a gun next to him. Oh yeah, what was that all about? What the fuck is going on? I think that was just supposed to be just I mean it didn't you didn't He's like, need just, this gun. just in case. I think it was just supposed to be like Okay, we know he is hopefully coming to arrive to save the day. So, but that's yeah, the gun was an unnecessary random. element. Um, what is he a fucking hitman? <laughs> but anyway, this is okay. So it worked. But you know, granted, I love that <laughs> you set him up as this sort of odd whatever, and he gets there to save her. And his fucking dude, his head coming off was like the greatest thing I've yeah. ever seen. Well, it happened so instantaneously. Yeah. Like we were ba- barely had a second to go. Like as soon as we're feeling the emotion, we're halfway through processing the emotion of, 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 Oh yay. He's come to save the day. And it doesn't even give us that extra little beat no. of like, it's like Morris, Jennifer, Morris. Blah. It was just, it's Morris, like, blah. Hey, I'm here. Nope. <laughs> so good. Also the thing that cuts off his head yeah. It's like a piece of sheet metal. Uh-huh. What the fuck? Huh? Frau Bruckner is no joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, she's just fucking winging it. And she, like, I don't know where she got that piece of metal, but she's like, I'm going to make good use of it. She did. She swung that thing she's, clean cut. She's just winging it. <laughs> fucking hell. Perfect timing, too. Comes out of nowhere. <laughs> like, didn't see her coming. <laughs> Oh, man. But, Tim, you know what I loved even more uh, than him coming I'm to sure. save the day? I know. Whole, I mean, guys, okay. This was <laughs> incredible. So this, this for me, I, it may be, like, the best save the day moment. <laughs> like, out of left field where you really don't feel it coming, but then when it happens, you go, oh, yeah, it's a super common trope in movies. You have the, the injured, defeated person who then comes and saves... You know, this is the makes the final save at the end. This may be up. This is like right next to, if not as big as Han Solo saving the day at the end of Star Wars. <laughs> oh my God. You have like 
long forgotten. You have who's set up. We see Inga the chimp on their own, but oh, yeah. but long enough ago, Inga comes with with his or her. Uh, it's it's a razor blade it's the old barber razor blade you know like right it's but like yeah a full knife single one yeah kills the bad guy which by the the way is set up the first time we meet her right which is you know comes all back around so good the one the one plot thing that it's actually that's a through line like you like you loved him the setup and payoff like (laughs) this it's like the whole movie didn't need it because it just had this one huge one of the chimpanzee <laughs> yeah. saving Jennifer. And like, it was just so satisfying him killing the crazy lady. And oh my God, I don't know what else to say about it, Tim. Clearly I was just super excited about it. It was the best thing. No, I get it. And then they embrace. And then it was just beautiful. So touching that embrace. Inga comes and saves it. Cause at that point we're super into it too. Cause the ending just, as we just described, Not escalates, so. escalates, yeah. escalates. And then I just couldn't think of like, like, like based on the other films, I thought it was just going to end with her like getting into the boat, right? Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but no. And the sun coming up or something. Inga, save the day. I just, the idea that Inga's just, she's just out there hanging. <laughs> and maybe because of Jennifer's uh, phenomena. Right. She knows what, you know, Inga knows I, she's drawn to this particular well, it's place. Inga's one remaining friend is yeah. her, is its new friend, Jennifer. But, but I just, the idea that Inga, think about, think about the moment before for Inga. She's just hanging out. She's real bummed. And Donald Pleasance is dead. And then she's like, she's probably feeling real, like, hopeless. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can do. She's looking for food in the trash. Yeah. And then she gets this tingle. Mm-hmm. And she has, she's like, Jennifer's in trouble. Yeah. What can I do? And she looks over and there's the fucking knife, the, the razor blade. And she's like, I'm fucking right. on it. That's what I'm I, on it. Right. And she grabs the razor blade and takes off. So this is exactly it too. Is just, there's the satisfaction of like the whole unseen gap you just described <laughs> of like Inga switching to hero mode. Like yeah. we fill that gap of like, of she's like, she probably had that moment where she's like, she sees the razor blade. She grabs it and she looks over and she sees her cape. She's like, I don't have time. To put on my cape, my hero cape. <laughs> right. Don't <laughs> Next have time, time to go back home. Gotta go. Incredible. Incredible, <laughs> incredible chimpanzee saves the day action. This is like, uh, like yeah, I gave it a, a stream it, but I kind of wanted to rent it just for that. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything else? Can we do? Uh, no. I, I mean, other than... W- <laughs> I just love little, little, like, absurd touches. Like, when when Jennifer is calling all the flies, she's been taunted by the school, you know, school girls and everything, and she calls all the flies. Her hair's just fucking being blown around. Mm -hmm. If you saw that in real life, if you were one of those girls, you'd be like, she's possessed. I mean, (laughs) this is fucking, we've now crossed over. There's no fan in front of her. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but no, you know, it's, I just love little things like that where it's like, who gives a shit if it's real? Mm-hmm. It's it's, it's just Argento the, yeah. phenomenon. Yeah, 
Um, that's it for me, though. All right. And next section, what did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to belabor it, but I just, like we started off, monkey stuff just, I, it, it doesn't work for me. I get it. We don't need to go on. But specifically monkey stuff? I just, I think it's, I think it was all like every, almost every time a monkey shows up in a movie, it like, it just seems cheesy to me I, see, and I think it's to... partially because of the movies that I've seen in it yeah. like you know that there's a movie called uh, Every Every Which Way But Lose yeah with Clint Eastwood and a monkey I haven't seen it it's just so fucking it's just so cheesy but you and I like think Turner that... and Hooch with a dog not really okay I thought you were saying something about the line for you as if it's domesticated or not I think there's an in to me an inherent dorky or cheesiness to that like people and animal thing it's so good they're animals yeah i don't i don't care about them (laughs) what's wrong with you i don't know i'm dead inside yeah they're (laughs) (laughs) anyway so whatever I i i think in this movie it it's it was fun and it paid off you should still watch shockma that's a really good. Wait, which one's that one? That's the one I mentioned earlier. That's the killer, or it's like the the red butted baboon. Oh right, right, right. All right, I'll but give I it a still try. Have so, like, what? I don't know. What if? Okay, what if you? I I think I just have to learn more about chimpanzees because I can't actually <laughs> speak to this. But I can imagine a chimpanzee having a really fun day on set. It enjoyed. The, they enjoyed so, the experience of filming a movie, you okay, know? Okay, so actually that's kind of that's kind of part of what I don't like. I don't – like, I don't like zoos. I think the idea of zoos and what, like, kids get out of zoos is really cool. But the, it's, the idea of, like, captivity and yeah. training is so exploitative to me and just unnatural that I – it gives me an immediate knee-jerk like, I don't like this. No, right. This. I mean, you don't have to yeah. – right. Duh. So when I see animals in movies a lot of the time, I get that same feeling. I think that and, – and like you're saying, it may be true that, that this animal had a really good time doing that thing. But I, I am reluctant to go there because even that idea is – it sort of – the idea that they think the way we do. Right. And I, I don't, I feel that feels problematic to me because it's like us. It's like when people are like, oh, my, you know, my dog is smiling. It's like, that's just, I don't, I, they're not humans, right? They're, they are their own thing. We're all mammals and, though. They're, they're put, super different, but we're also super I similar. Know, but the idea of putting, putting human emotion onto the animal feels weird to me because I'm like, I don't know if I don't know how that animal's feeling. Cause you've never had a pet. Have you? I have, I've had cats. Don't you feel them? <laughs> I mean, to an extent, but I don't assume that they have that they, that they, I don't put my 
emotions onto them. In other words, I don't assume that they feel the way I... But there's... Like... Right. No, that's true. Like, we need to... It's like the people... It's like the fucking... The grizzly man guy. Like, like dude, that yes. guy... Like, that's what that's you're talking the, about. That's the super extreme right. version of but what I'm talking thing, about. Like, what's also true, though, is like... It's there's this other disgusting extreme to me of just thinking of animals as such a unrelated other that has True. no similarities where it's like we did this experiment on rats where we electrocuted them and they experienced <laughs> yeah. unhappiness. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah that's no shit. Up. Like, <laughs> like I I, we, we gave them a... treats. Yeah. We introduced each other to their their sisters and they expressed what we could view as a happiness. Oh, wow. Maybe animals aren't things right. like. No, I think what it is is because on both sides of of what you're talking about, it's humans putting their idea of how this animal, you know, feels or whatever. They're putting their idea of that onto the animal, and I don't. I just find that I'm like I don't. I don't want to make the any sort of assumption of how this animal feels. Now I here's, get it. Here's the truth to me on both sides. Like to sort of say, what was the. The, the, the first extreme of like, they're so, they're so different, blah, 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 that, and that you, that, you know, they're, they're a complete other thing, like completely disconnected, whatever that sort of feels to me like, okay, that means you have no like respect for them. That's what feels or gross like about empathy. that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's, <laughs> there's that valid argument against that. Um, but as far as like. Yeah, there's that other side too. As far as the the connectivity we share, and there are similarities we do share. That's just for me. It's like, like that's not mysterious. To, you know, I, I guess I already said it. I think but. I think a, a, a more succinct way of, of putting it is, I feel weird when humans try to humanize animals. Yeah. Instead of just being like they're what they are, and th- and appreciating that, like when my cat wanted like came into my room every night and like laid down in my bed. I'd be like, that's cool. That cat likes, that makes me feel good. That cat seems like it's having a good time. You know, it's sleeping in my bed with me. That's cool. Like it's snuggled up. Mm -hmm. But I'm not thinking, I'm not, I don't like the, like the humanizing part of it where I'm like, now I know how that, that cat feels from like the same way that humans feel. Okay. Well, to tie it back to this film, it feel this relationship between Donald Pleasance and the chimpanzee felt like a real one of that was accurate, that it wasn't sort of a, at at no time did I feel that they were projecting, like, like doing what you said, like this was a real thing, like with, uh, you know, helper monkeys and stuff, having a relationship that's, I think, mutually fulfilling for, for both sides. Like, yeah, he's not putting them in glasses and like, you know (laughs) bow tie or something yeah (laughs) that's true and like when he's pushing him on the the wheelchair he's like gnawing at the handle too yeah but but what's also true is that you know then the chimpanzee it feels it enjoys that connection it enjoys the relationship but that that's the line for me i don't i don't know that that's true and so i'm like i don't want to put that on it you know what i mean like i don't want to make that assumption that the animal enjoys I it. I think we could... Cl- okay, maybe not enjoy. I don't think it's a mystery to think that, though, like, when they share that much time together, the chimpanzee loves him in some regard. Whatever that means, maybe. you know? That's not a human What happens when the, se- when the movie's over? Um, what do you mean? 
when it's done filming. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, bye, chimpanzee. We'll never see you again. Right. I bet like they had a, you know, a nice little goodbye. I don't think. <laughs> Probably. I think the chimpanzee so. enjoyed it. I think that's indisputable, though. It's not projecting a human emotion. It's recognizing shared emotions that we share with you know mammals it's not cowering and acting weird around donald pleasance it's act, act, acting familial mm-hmm. and like in <laughs> yeah it's not projecting to say oh they're enjoying the company it's not projecting to say like the cat seemed to enjoy cuddling like right just yeah. because those happen to be shared traits doesn't mean because they're shared you're automatically projecting you know I'm not saying automatically, but I'm saying my knee jerk is to be like, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> why why we go down this path? <laughs> so it's important. I what think films didn't... are changing. I like. I don't know. Do you think um, animal rights movement gets further? We aren't going to have like people riding horses in movies or at Disneyland. Because talk of talking about you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't letting think animals. A, I don't think a horse really really likes being ridden right. that much <laughs> exactly personally even yeah even temporarily for a film that you could say right. yeah well anyway so what else didn't work <laughs> for you for me um it's, i mean obviously kind of we already said just some of the just the meandering like looseness of it all which it yeah where it's like not a lot actually happens We've said that before about no, these films. It, but, and just the sort of what the fuck is going on-ness of it. I guess it's there, but, the, you know. it does, It's not helped by its its length. Like, it feels like we spent a lot of time in that school where nothing happens. Because that's the thing. You could cut. There is the shorter cut of this, but it feels oh, really? like <laughs> then it wouldn't it'd make even less sense of maybe because even though nothing's happening stuff is happening as far as she gets from point a to b to c and we wouldn't be able to track it if it was right. any shorter yet it's just more about these clues that aren't clues and these setups with no that feel like setups with no payoffs the gun like you mentioned like okay like what here's one that really confused me in the opening scene which i sort of forgot to mention i actually really like the opening scene with the the girl coming into the house. Yeah. Um, And missing the bus. So when she, the the girl in the beginning, she's in the house. We have these close cut, uh, uh, close ups of the, the eye hole screws that are holding two chains that are screwed into a wall and they're being pulled on. And eventually they get pulled out of the wall. And then whoever is on the other end of those chains attacks the girl. Right. That was, yeah. So that was super confusing. And she's in the Swiss home that the fly right. leads Jennifer to. So was. And that's not the same house as Frau Bruckner's. It's like her hideout or something. So who the fuck was the chained up person? Because later in the dungeon of Frau Bruckner's is the the cop the detective yeah. who's been who's being tortured or whatever and he's chained up in the exact same way so i just got that i'm so confused frau, by what's where and when i think frau bookner just has another hideout spot <laughs> oh, man that's the first one but what's more confusing to me is that opening scene yeah when the girl she gets into the house when she's looking for help it, it's another crazy coincidence where so it happens to be in this very moment, hour, 
where this girl gets lost and escapes into a house that that chained up person is escaping. Well, it, 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 my impression was that it was sort of like sloth. You know, once he hears that somebody else is there, it gives him the sort of he's like <laughs> pulling hard because it's mm-hmm. like now I can get away or I want to go after this person. So I'm going to pull extra hard on the chains. Sure. Great. You know, but OK, then but I, then I, yeah, okay. she gets chased by somebody with scissors yeah and that person has white gloves on right yeah i think so that's not the person who is chained up then yeah no so what the fuck is going okay so can we figure out like is there a a way to explain this so was that the sun maybe tied up that's possible and it was just like they they moved and then because oh yeah that because frau Bruckner doesn't want people to know that the sun exists. The sun tries to kill the first girl, Vera, with the chains, and then she gets away. And then Frau Bruckner chases after her right. to kill her because of what she's seen. Because that's just what she does. We never really understand her MO. Yeah. But Tim, I think we figured out as far as that house was just their previous house. Oh, because the real estate person. Ah. So this is just a new setup of hers, their new house at the end. So in the eight months between then and when Jennifer is in Switzerland, Frau Bruckner built this fucking crazy fortress. (laughs) Yeah. Damn. Not from scratch, but as far as the um, shutters, yeah. (laughs) And the the dungeon. But okay. Yeah. Okay. I can loosely get behind that. But fuck. <laughs> so, okay. So <laughs> stuff happens, yet not a lot happens. It makes the movie feel long. The only other... The whole sequence of Jennifer, like, trying to leave. Leave what? Switzerland. Oh, yeah. Like, trying to get a, a ticket out and... Oh, Talking man. to the guy I at the bank like or whatever. falling asleep. <laughs> right? I mean, literally, I like was like, oh, no, I need to keep right. my eyes you open. You were like, I was wait, like, wait, how, did how the get... fuck did this happen? Oh, God. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I couldn't. It was it was weird. Like Jennifer Connelly, she's she's good. But like it was more on the part of, I guess, the direction or whatever. Like I couldn't tell you anything about her character. It just kept feeling like it wasn't in the good way of, oh, she's three dimensional because we're learning new things about her. We just kept sort of getting new things that felt inconsistent somehow i I have to be honest she seemed like sedated Mm -hmm. she's saying all of her lines come out in like really really like she'll be like so anyway this happened but then at times pause 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 but that's not all she does then she also flips out and what are you doing here and oh my god you know she'll when did she do that she's multiple times throughout I can't remember. All I remember is her just being like almost a zombie half the time. Remember like when she got kidnapped? That, sure. Yeah, she flips out then. That's true. Remember when she likes these, the the headmaster comes in and she's yelling at them? (laughs) Is that the time when she like, when she walks out, she's like, what a bitch. I think so. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's true. But there, man, I don't know. It, It was just odd. The whole performance seemed like... There was something Weird. inconsistent to yeah. it for me. That's more all yeah. I had. Um, the other thing that I just, as a general thing, 
sign of the times, maybe. I I just don't like the sort of it, it wasn't overt, but the sexualization of like a teenager. I just don't. I just is like, like, and then, why like, have it be about girls that age at all? Yeah, kind of. But even so, it's like putting her in like shorty, short, nighty type clothes. I, I mean, I get it. You got to be in something when you're her sleeping. shoulder showing and neck yeah, showing. Yeah, I just, I just, it felt kind of creepy and like, meh. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? It did feel that way. Having every woman in the movie be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then like the old dude being who has a monkey just being kind of a lechery-ish almost. Like it never goes there, but it just like I broadly I, feels I, a right. little gross. I don't know. I agree with you up to that point. I think that was, I, th- I thought what you were getting at just there is like the only person who actually seems normal and not weird is like the older white man, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Like, yeah, in, like I'm not saying it goes there, no. but it felt like it was on the, like, it was we were like a br- a breath away from it going there. It never does, but I was like, Ooh. I didn't see that. I mean, just when he's like, like, I agree, the movie was, but look at the effect you have on them. <laughs> you didn't say that at all. <laughs> he all no, right. he to me felt like genuinely avuncular grandfatherly, like, all right. and and the problem was exactly as you just said, where it's the filmmaker, the film. He's the only character that this is older male that treats like they're yeah. not a reprehensible person in any way. It's but all the women in it are crazy. Yeah. Including our protagonist. Yeah, in a way, yeah. Yeah, so there's just something kind of overtony about it that I'm uh, Yeah, I agree with you as far as the movie has that for sure. Yeah. Um Which we we said something about that while watching it, and I'm just like Dario Argento. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I mean, we. I mean that. That's kind of it. It's not. There's nothing like super. Uh, you know, uh, nothing else that I feel is super specifically like not working, but just kind of broadly things don't feel like they're working. Plot for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how to break that down anymore. I don't either. We've done it before and we've touched on it. There's like character logic things that are just sort of like, <laughs> I, I think it's just a product of how you, how you structure and how you like the, the roadblocks you put in people in your character's way, like the obstacles. For example, when she, you know, she's locked in the room after the pill thing and then uh, the phone she realizes if it rings or something, right? And she realizes it's in this other room and it's locked. That door is locked, but there's this opening above the door. And she goes through this elaborate thing of trying to, like, use a, an extension pole thing to, like, grab it. And we go through all of this of her grabbing it. And then eventually she just climbs through the fucking window. It's <laughs> like, dude, what? <laughs> what? Why did we do the whole other thing that wasn't working? Just climb through the window. Let's get into it. Right. Get into the window and have another problem that's actually like to the point. Not so forced. Yeah, that makes her then go, fuck, I have nowhere to go. Let me go down this hole. But it's like 
they had to do that so that the phone could fall down the hole so she could go into the... It's like, no, you don't need any of that. We don't need that. Yeah. Just get to it. Nope. <laughs> Not in this. Sorry. Because, um, man, I, it's like once she got in the fucking dungeon, I'm like, hell yeah. Yep. That was the movie. Now we're in some fucking real shit. Mm-hmm. We're in... We're in the pool of decay yeah. awesome so yeah little things like that kind of just i'm like Ugh. and i have to wonder with these films it's like that's where the notoriety yeah it, like we already said how it's the overall feel vibe you're in you know i get people into it but i just wonder if some of these strong memorable endings and being left with that mm. mm-hmm. like because this movie almost had me convinced it was something i loved a lot more than i did based on the ending alone right deep red Got close to having a, a kind of a, ooh, wow, cool, sweet ending, but... I don't even remember. It's like when we when we really get the discovery that the opening scene... Oh, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, different, yeah. It's, it's Yeah, it's a got different it. person. Anyway, anything else that did not work for you, you want to say? Nah. Great. Let's do it. Things of note. This should be interesting. I don't know. I only just had like the top Wikipedia thing. After its release in Italy, Phenomena was purchased for distribution in the United States by New Line Cinema, who cut over 20 minutes and released it under the title Creepers. So oh. maybe, and I think the Blu-ray has that, like both versions, and then there's a third version too. Wow. Creepers. I wonder if I've... The the um the poster looked familiar. I think it's one of those things that you know, when you're going to the video barn or blockbuster or whatever, video barn was our local one. Like you see that box a bunch, mm-hmm. but you never rent it because <laughs> it's in. Well, you think it's an Italian movie or Until something like that. Until now. Until now. Oh yeah. Well, what was okay? Things of note. What was with the sudden Italian scenes? <laughs> they just started speaking I mean, Italian. Who was that a technical thing? Were they actually speaking in Italian? No, definitely not. No, I mean, within the world of the film, was it supposed to be like they decided to switch to Italian momentarily? God, which if that was the case, you think they would have had subtitles, right? You know, actually, that was another thing. I guess it it wasn't because it comes with the territory of these movies, the, the, the dubbing and the sound. There are just a bunch of times when they like have clearly overlapped sound and it's just so it's so stark actually that was noteworthy with this one it felt it was the only film like this where it wasn't just dubbed all throughout that was that's true yeah that felt jarring to be watching one of those movies and have it actually be live sound them talking and then after that he's like forget that i'm going back to sync sound for opera yeah so one thing i think is cool because we talked about the music is the the band that's credited for the score is Goblin, but all all that they took from Goblin is Goblin is two um, two uh, cues because Goblin did Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. They just stole or whatever bought two little music cues from that score from Dawn of the Dead mm-hmm. and put it in, and then said. In order to do that, they're like, okay, well, we'll credit you with the, <laughs> the, the score of this movie. Hey, it worked. It's like, what? <laughs> okay. 
Interesting. Um, but yeah, and like we had already mentioned, having Iron Maiden and Motorhead and a bunch of other cool fucking crazy bands is fun. It was interesting to note the similarity between the similarities between this and opera that you saw, like you where you see the Argento interested in these ideas of intelligence and kinship with animals mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and seeing that. So it was neat to see it honed and used to yeah. a way that all paid off and made sense with the crows or the ravens yeah. in opera as next film. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It just doesn't quite get to where you, it could, even though it was about it, like in this movie it was all about it. It wasn't. Yeah. That's what that's that thing of, you could have this exact movie without the insect thing and it would be the same movie. <laughs> right. So if that's the case, you didn't really weave that in. <laughs> right. Like, Why did it in have the right to be way. this movie? Yeah. Um, but that was cool to see him come back to that theme mm -hmm. and be interested in sort of showing intelligence and in animals and using them to solve murders. <laughs> yeah. Is <laughs> a, a fly in this one. I think that's cool. Crow in the opera. Yeah. I mean... It's got, you know, it's got pretty mixed reviews, but it's coming out at a time, you know, it's the, the, the other movies around this are Possession. Mm -hmm. um, Possession um, was 80 or 81, wasn't this it? This is 81. No, Phenomena is 85. It is? Yeah. Oh. What's 81? <laughs> Lots of movies. Oh, The Beyond is 81. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, so, well, but still, that early 80s, like, think of the other early 80s horror films of the time, like Poltergeist, Possession, like... But this is mid-80s. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it doesn't hold up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder more about how it was received then. Um... This last one on Wikipedia is kind of interesting. There's a Japanese video game developer who created a game called Clock Tower, which is largely borrowing from this movie. See, that's the that's thing. That's kind like, of interesting. Like, it had an impact. Yeah, it's that's that's the deal with these movies. It's like they there's something in there that's can clearly give influence. Like, just... Yeah. Insects. The girl's kinship with the controlling, communicating with insects. Yeah. Old boarding school. It's gray. It's green. It's dark. We got crazy people. We got asylums. We got, you know, it's it's all that. It's that's on display. That's stiff. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'd say it's a swing and a miss by Dario. <laughs> yeah. We have <laughs> but he swung. To too. He swung. Is that a word? Swung? Mm hmm. He swinged. It swung. <laughs> all right, man. Well, there you go. Okay. Phenomena. Move on from phenomena and do recommendations. Definitely. Okay. You want to go? <laughs> I've forgotten okay. what I was going to do. I'll go. I haven't watched a lot, but actually per um, per a, a friend of our podcast, podcast uh, um, Retro Reviews, Ray from Retro Reviews recommended. Hey, Ray. Right. Hey, Ray. He recommended plus one, the new 2019 romantic comedy that I saw oh. was free to watch on Hulu. So I watched it. He described it as like, oh, you know, it's, it's sort of interesting to see a, a millennial 
uh, kind of classic romantic comedy, you know, done with that sort of formula or whatever. We we watched a movie by that filmmaker. Oh, yeah? I, I'm pretty sure. The filmmakers are Jeff Chan and Andrew Reimer. Maybe not then. I thought that was one of... Whatever. We'll look it up and maybe talk about it some other time. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, cool. I wanted to watch it for exactly that, and I liked it for exactly that. Oh, and, and as the the woman from um, uh, what's what's the show uh, Pen Fifteen, mm-hmm. Maya Erskine, she's mm-hmm. awesome. She's that's hilarious. So, that's so funny you're she's... mentioning her. We were just talking about her, my buddies. Oh yeah, in a totally different context. She's great, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, she's so funny. So just like her plus, uh, modern millennial, um, romantic comedy. I'm like, yeah, I want to see that. And it was cool to be able to see in that formula, in that, that, yeah, in that guy's a, uh, exactly that. Cool. So I, I appreciate it. I don't want to say like, there's nothing that wowed me about the filmmaking or anything, or, you know, there's some stuff that felt kind of like low budget, not the best of ways, but there's a lot of great stuff going in it. So thanks, Ray, for the recommendation. Now I am recommending it. Plus one. Cool. Um, mine is kind of random. It is not a horror film unless unless you find... I mean, mine wasn't. <laughs> cars hor- horrifying. You didn't think no, I, I was just recommending no, a horror film to do. <laughs> but this is way tangential. I mean, it's, it's sort of just connected to my personal love of cars and old cars and all of that fun stuff tim likes cars i love cars every time there's a car in a movie i'm like ooh. um <laughs> it's true he says do you know that's the same car as this i'm like no i didn't and and ryan also is thinking who gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> um but there's a new show on netflix that i just i mean i it's not too often that i just watch and don't stop watching until the season is over ghost hunters is the other one yeah well but I have my, I'll, I'll, I'll stop, <laughs> you know, I'll get like five episodes deep and then be like, okay, it's time to take a break. This one I just watched like without stopping. Um, it's called Rust Valley Restorers. <laughs> it's awesome. I can see it already. It's these fucking old, you know, it's in Canada. I forget what town. Um, it's called, I mean, Rust Valley is this particular place in Canada that is known for having a lot of old cars that haven't fallen apart completely because the air is really dry and, you know, it's not super wet or something. And the main guy is just a fucking character and they're, you know, they just run a shop where they restore old cars, but he has like, he has like his property has like over a hundred and like some odd just totally fucking dead. It's like a treasure trove. Yeah. And he just goes in and like looks for one. He's like, oh, hey, oh, that's a 68, you know, Chevelle. Let's, that'd be a cool one. The, the motor still works in it. Let's, let's restore it. <laughs> and maybe we can sell it and keep the shop open. Yeah. It's fun, it's man. Fu- it's fun to see the car have new life breathed into it. The two, the, <laughs> between the three main characters of it are the, 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 guy who owns the the shop and his like mechanic buddy who is hilarious i mean if you saw a picture look it up because the picture of this dude both of them the main guy is this super tall scraggly 60 some odd year old white dude with very long blonde dreadlocks (laughs) (laughs) 
And his mechanic buddy, who's like a super expert with engines, is a head shorter than him, very round, bald but long hair, and a giant porn stash. And those two spend the entire show just screaming at each other. But they like in the most fun sort of not like they're not assholes, but they just are yelling all the time. They just love it. And then the third guy is the main dude's son, who's like the straight man. He's just sitting there going, oh, man, we're fucked. <laughs> it's fun, man. It's a, it sounds it's like an easy, breezy watch. Everything too. you love. Kind of. Yeah. All so right. That's it. Can I figure out what we're watching next week? Is it your turn? Yeah. Well, hell yeah. Then you pulled Phenomena, I, I believe. Did. Great. <laughs> I don't remember. If it's within the last week, I don't remember any of it. Eyes of My Mother, 2016. Whoa. This was a relatively new release. I've been very curious to see. So Why are you handing me this? To get rid of it. <laughs> Eyes of My Mother, all right. Black I... and white. Oh, oh, I do know about this. Yeah, it's supposed to be pretty cool. Yeah. Great. So let's find out for ourselves next week. Nice. Until then, you can find us at dismemberinghorror.com or if you have a Gmail, you can email us like you can do with Gmail. That's dismemberinghorror at gmail.com. I mean, you could slide into our DMs, please. At Instagram, yeah. at dismemberinghorror. In our Instagram is at dismemberinghorror. Yeah. yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Come hang out. Tell a friend. That's right. Rate and review. Rate, review, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Yep. I think that's about it. it. I think you're right. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> In closing, <laughs> thanks for listening. There you go. Uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>